When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a Stand Up New York Labs production, providing you podcasts since 2013. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. 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 Turner Sparks just got married and has moved home to America after 12 years living in China. Sir Michael Ira Kaplan has two kids, a wife, a job, and has spent his entire life in the USA. Neither one can figure their country out. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 155. My name's Turner Sparks. I'm Kaplan. You can find me at Turner Sparks on Instagram. You can find Kaplan at Cap in America on Instagram. This show is on Instagram. Yes, it is. Do you want me to tell people where it is? I want you to do that every single week. Lost in America pod. We're almost at 200 followers. Come on, people. Let's Ooh, get it going. Good update. <laughs> Come what are we at? 191? Like 186 or something? I don't All know. Right, we can get that up. We can get it up. We went up like from 10 one week, so we can do it. Oh, good. All right. Well, so it's working. It's the announcements working. are working. The announcements are working. Fantastic. On the show today, we have stand-up comedian Dan Frigolette. I don't oh. know if it's Frigolette. It's pretty sure it's Frigolette. First question. What's your name? Dan Frigolette. He's, uh, I've known him for a long time uh, doing stand-up around New York, but he's, uh, I don't know, I think he's from right around here because he runs the Hoboken Comedy Festival. The world-famous Hoboken Comedy Festival. Yes. But we're talking to him today about he tours South Africa regularly as a stand-up comedian. Pretty random. Yeah. And I'm not sure where... I I think he might go a couple other places in the world, but I think South Africa is like the most specific. That's where he's a legend. He's a legend. He's bigger than Trevor Noah. <laughs> bigger than Nelson Mandela. He's bigger than Lions. <laughs> bigger than Lions? In All South right. Africa. Right. And Nelson Mandela. And uh, the island. Where was Nelson Mandela? Paris Island. Pa- that's not Paris Island, is it? That's the, fr- that's the prison where Nelson Mandela oh, yeah. was kept. Okay. Am I right? Producer Matt, he's looking it up. Look Paris up. Island. I thought that was a Vietnam thing. <laughs> I don't think we sent prisoners to South Africa. No, but that would have been that would have been uh, a little expensive. I think we just no. They went on they vacation. How was that right? It was Robben Island. Robben Island. Close well, enough. Isn't Paris Island where they train the Marines? Yeah, it's like a. It's like I, th- a like I think that's like North Carolina. They train the Marines there. Oh, that's what Robben Island. You didn't know it. Well, you know why I only said Paris Island? I knew it was a. V- it was. I knew it wasn't he, South Africa. He, he was on the right path. I'm like, I thought you were wrong from the beginning, but I didn't want to call you out before I was. You thought I was wrong? Oh yeah, I thought you were wrong from the beginning. I, ran, I mean, I was close to the I, end. I mean, I was close to the I ran to my old buddy Harvey Keitel the other day. 
Oh, wow. And he was telling you, me about... Wait, 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 wait. What does this have to do with anything? <laughs> he was telling me about... A, I, I, I name-dropped a mutual friend, someone he knew, and he started telling me a whole story about how he trained with this guy's dad in Paris Island once. So I was like, that's... So that's the only reason I knew it. I'm not so smart. I know, right. I know from a Billy Joel song at one point. Oh, and then, and then it's a Billy Joel song. Right. Exactly. So. Well, we're going to find all about Paris Island from him. <laughs> Robin Island. Robin Island. Live from Robin Island Netflix special. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but before all that, Kaplan, I don't know, we you, you got soccer season coming oh, up? Oh, yeah. I want, it, well, I mean, wanted to give everyone an update because I get a lot of questions about the soccer team. On the streets. They're on the streets. Uh, that year, this year, I'm coaching once again. And we are uh, sitting right now at zero wins still. And it's getting a little dicey. We have about three games left, and Teddy has intru- issued an ultimatum. You know what it is? What? If we don't win a game this year, he's quitting for a year. He's taking a year off to practice. That is not the <laughs> attitude. He's you taking... Don't, wait, but he's... So does... <laughs> but if you're a player on the team... Yeah. You might have something to do with the winning or the losing. I think he's taking it personal that he's lost, but he's been on multiple teams that haven't won games. So you know, we ran into. So he's saying he he's, oh, he's going to have he, to practice. He's saying he's got to have to practice more. He ah, needs to just quit. okay. So he's more saying like I might not be as good at this as I think. Like, yeah, I want to be. Yeah, like we ran into his coach from last season after our game last week after we got our butts kicked, and the guy was very complimentary to Teddy. And Teddy's like, it doesn't matter. The team lost. He's very emotional. So this oh, good. week, oh good, we we had a player uh, who was injured all year. I mentioned this earlier, our best player, and he was back last week. And I was like, "We're gonna win this game. We're gonna do it." We're Teddy, and he came right out of the gates. He's scoring goals. He had a hat trick in the first quarter. We're up five two. Whoa! We got so confident that our our head coach, Coach Fine, shout out, who's a former comedian, I found out recently. Oh yeah, Bernie. F- what's his name? <laughs> Bernie. Fine. What's his name? Uh, it's not where you want to go. But don't Google Bernie Fine, Coach. Coach <laughs> Bernie Fine. This <laughs> is Coach Daniel any, Fine. Any relation? No. Well, I don't know actually, but okay. uh, he did the right thing, the honorable thing. He took uh, our best player out for the third quarter and it was a real meltdown why because you're supposed to play all the kids equally and but you never have... you haven't won a game in five years or however right, right but also the other thing the other the, the kid's mom said to us oh he's not supposed to play yet the doctor said he could practice but he shouldn't play in games yet he hasn't been cleared because he hasn't been cleared but he really wanted to play so basically we're under orders to keep him from like crashing anything what's wrong with this kid so he's ru- the kid plays hard he's running around he's falling left and right i felt like uh you know like joel Embiid, how you're trying to like, load manage i'm like we need to get to the playoffs kid like i'm trying to like no <laughs> No, no, no! Be careful, be careful! Like we, but now I'm thinking, like I don't want to say I would injure another uh, child for my own kid, but I don't want to quit soccer. So I'm in a bind. Like if I have to head coach a team, if head coach coach Bernie Fine can't make it, <laughs> do I? I'm gonna play him the full game. I'm playing him the full ninety. Of course, we gotta win that game. We, we need to win. The we learned our lesson last week. We took the pedal off the metal. Teddy wasn't in that quarter either, though, so maybe it was actually Teddy is the reason we gave up the lead. But that, well, that's the I update. don't want to point fingers, but Teddy is this his third season or second season? It's like his fifth season, I think. Because right? they do two seasons a year, spring and fall. And in all five of those seasons, he's literally never won a game? No, he's won games in the two seasons I wasn't one of the coaches. <laughs> oh, so it's your fault. It's really my fault. Well, my why don't you just, instead resign. of him quitting, you quit. I tried to That's quit. That's a selfish move by you. You decide, I'll keep coaching and make my son quit? Yeah, and I'm not, this, I've really been, you know, this was the first game where I really tried to be active in coaching because I thought we were going to win. We were up 5-2. The second half, I was given like a pep talk to everyone. So you only coach and when my, you're already winning? And my, my bandwagon coaching really goes the opposite way because the, they just like, it, the third quarter was like we got run out of the huddle. Like the other team came out all fired up. We can't lose to this kid, this team that never wins. They just blitzed us with. So we're going to, we have practice tonight. You know what we're going to work on? What? 
I'm going in there. I'm like, screw all the fundamentals. This is the basic thing with seven-year-old soccer. <laughs> Apparently, they don't know fundamentals no, anyway. This is some tricks. It's all about throw-ins and goal kicks. Because okay. our team, we every time we do a goal kick, we just kick it like centered. And these other kids just steal it. And you're right in front of the goal. It's actually... And same, yeah. and same when we throw the ball in. We throw the ball in like into the center of the field. And then they steal it and go down the other way and score. I'm just going to say throw the ball out of bounds. Just throw it down the sidelines. If it goes out of bounds, don't worry about it. They get the ball back. Because these teams aren't... Nobody can build a drive or anything. You just can't give them the ball right in front of the goal. That's the key. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, but you get you throw it in front of their. You, wait, when you, you guys, do a goal kick, you're doing it in front of your own goal, and theoretically, you boot it really far, or you pass it to an open teammate, and they go with it. Yeah, but our kids, they just kick the ball kind of like gingerly into the center of the field, and the other team runs their best player and steals it, and they just score immediately. Wait, but the fundamentals of soccer is you never kick a goal kick to the center of the field. I try to explain so that. Just kick it to either side. If you try oh, to so basically, we're saying if you the try same to thing. tell the kids where to kick it, they just freeze. They can't decide. So I'm just going to tell them boot it out of bounds. That's a better. good idea. That's and with the throw-ins, they. Throw Throw it. I don't understand how they throw it in. Well, these other teams cheat and they like throw it really far and they don't do it the right way. It's not cheating. You're allowed to throw it in as far as you want. But they're like not keeping their feet in the ground. And our kids are. Oh, okay. So I'm just going to tell them you throw it down the sidelines the other direction or just throw it out of bounds, give the other team the ball back. I don't want it in the center. I don't even understand this part. Do you understand? If you throw the ball into the field and then the other team just steals it, they run basically to the goal and you're of no. Team. You can play defense. Well, that's that's real coaching. <laughs> I can't get, that's next week's lesson. <laughs> All, right. All right. Well, Let's, I anyway. suggest you quit. All right. And so the team can start winning some games. All right. That's that's the settler. Let's uh, get to Lost in America. Wait, wait, wait. No, we have to. We have a Patreon. All right. Let's not forget them. Yeah. If you guys want to hear an extra episode of this podcast every single week, speaking of them, that means us. We have every Thursday we put a wrap up show out about this. Uh, after this podcast, you get a half an hour of just me and Kaplan. Sometimes we let producer. Matt talk. Sometimes. We have surprise guests we just throw in He's there. on his he best has, behavior. <laughs> He's on, he gets to talk a little bit. So go to lostinamericapod.com click the Patreon banner. It'll take you there. It's uh, five bucks a month. You get an extra episode a week. Pretty good deal. Pretty, pretty great deal. I pretty say. great deal. Alright, let's get to Lost in America. Play the music. Bad Kaplan. I this is an old school being lost in America. This is like, you know, three years ago when we started this podcast, I had all these real things. Like I didn't know how to use a dishwasher because I hadn't used one in 12 years. I didn't know a million there's a million. I didn't know how to go to the bank and get a credit card. I didn't know how to stand in line at the bank. I was in wrong lines. Everyone was yelling at me. Yeah. This is like when a band plays a single, comes back to the roots. You're coming back to your roots today? I'm going back to my roots today because this is a genuine thing that I probably should have figured out. I don't know, 20 years ago, <laughs> at minimum three years ago, and I figured out last week. What's so here's what happened. I was uh, the last, I'll, I'll tell as quick as I can, but the last year or so, I've been going, I have this like United Mileage Plus credit card, right? And that's supposed to mean you get a free bag check every time you go to the airport. On United. On United, right? So I realized that, I realized like two weeks ago that I've been going, I've been using, I've used United like four or five times over the past year. And they've never been giving me this, they keep charging me for the bag. I see it on my credit card statement when I go back through it, but it never totally clicked. So I called them last week and I was like, hey, I looked up how many times, it was four times in 2019. Like so I called them and I was like, hey, I want my 120 bucks back. 
120 bucks. All right. Right? So I'm like, I want my money back. You guys have been charging me. I have this credit card. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. No problem. Let me look it up. He looks it up. He goes, give me your mileage plus number, which is like your number attached right. to the car. Frequent flyer number. Frequent flyer number. He's like, give me the number. So I give him the number. And he's like, oh, that's interesting. This number, you have an account, but it's not attached to a credit card. Are you sure you have a United, United uh, Mileage Plus credit card? I'm like, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. He's like, I don't think so. Well, this card is not attached to a number. The card that was attached to the number went away in 2000. 2013. So this, your card, your number hasn't been attached to a card since 2013. But the credit card has the number on it. Yeah, I didn't. Even, I didn't know that. Oh, so he's like, but but my number was real, you know. And so I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I don't know your number. I mean, it's a real United Mileage Plus. Are you sure you don't have another number? I'm like, I don't think I have another number. I know, I know of no other number I would have. He's like, well, get out your credit card, turn it over, look at the number on the bottom of the back. Oh, that's what he goes, did. what does that say? And I'm like, oh. oh. So you're reading a number that you just had in your. It was from some old credit card that I discontinued like seven years ago. Oh my god! But you're... they didn't, they they didn't discontinue the number. They just discontinued the credit card. You okay. know what I'm saying? Right. So that means that I've been manually giving them this number for the past seven years every time I fly. So there has been miles accruing, but every time I swipe it to buy things, it's not it's going to a different uh, account that oh, I didn't know existed. Goodness. Yeah. So he's like, read me that number that's on the back of your card. So I read him that number. He's like, all right, let me look it up real quick. So he looks it up. He goes, all right, so you have this is attached to your credit card. You should have been giving them this number for the past year. That's how you would have got all that those free uh, bags. Plus, you have two hundred Wait, 263,000 miles. Holy crap. Built up on that credit card because you've been swiping it since 2013. You've never once used it. Do you never, do you have an account online where you look at, check your miles and look to use them? Yeah, but I've been looking at the wrong one. Oh. I've been looking at this one that was discontinued in 2013. So you never notice that you're not getting new miles? No. <laughs> I didn't know how that part worked. That's what I'm saying. This is an old school lost in America. I literally didn't you're know. Not, listen to Americans, the world, lost just, in the world. I just believe, I was like, well, I don't know. I, I know that it's in theory, every time I use it, I'm right. supposed God to get miles. miles. I never but I, I checked it never. like once every. It's like twice a year. Not enough to really keep tabs on if I was actually getting miles or not, you know? So now I have 200,000, 263,000 miles. Yeah, I mean, every miles. time you fly to China, that's a lot of miles. Not only that, but they linked it with the old out-of-date one, so now it was like, it's like up to 270 now. So... Where should, I, where should I go? You go anywhere. Go around the world. I can go around. Seventy thousand miles. Like, so my wife, Ye and I can go anywhere. I think she wants to go to England to go back to London to and then go to Leeds where she went to college uh, to get homecoming. But literally, I think I looked it up. That's we can each go for fifty thousand miles to England and back. If you so, get that's a hundred k. Yeah. I mean, I just looked up random dates. So yeah. then we still have an, We can do that twice. You do that twice. You can go to. Uh, well, how much is China? Did you look up? Or no? I don't know. We'll probably do that. Yeah, there you go. So, you can, so yeah, we should. Why well, I mean, we listeners should contribute? Patreon. You should let the Patreon people decide where you're going to go. Our Patreon <laughs> listeners now write in. They have our email address. They have the super secret email address yeah. that only they have access to. So write in where we should go. Speaking of Patreon, Kaplan, we have. So also our pa- our Patreon listeners can sub- can send us news uh, uh, stories. Through, our, through the direct email, and they can send us any hate mail, any corrections, any lies. We have lies. We were telling what? lies, apparently, a couple weeks ago on the podcast. We have a correction from one of our listeners. Oh, let's... Should we play the lies music? Play the lies music. <laughs> Producer Matt, play the music. Lies, 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 All right, we're back. Kaplan, remember the New Mexico, the episode where I, I went to New Mexico for a week and I was an expert on fracking A real in New expert. I, I believe you as an expert. I can't believe you might have made some errors. I believe me too. <laughs> so anyway, this is from Gary Sparks, <laughs> okay. who's a Patreon subscriber and a... Uh, Dad. 
and my dad and the he's he counted from, in the pod and he's also from Carlsbad, New Mexico. He's from the the Delaware Basin, a basin boy they call it, where all the gold, the uh, oil's being discovered right now. So he says the frackers actually drill down. Oh, so this is explaining fracking. It was it's hard to explain yeah. what it actually means. No one knows what it means. That's why you decided to explain to everyone, and you explained it wrong, apparently. The fr- exactly. I tried. I tried. Anyways, the frackers actually, he says, drill down as much as a mile into the earth. Okay. A mile straight down. And then they can go over two miles, five miles, ten miles. He says two miles, but I actually know it's more than that. They can go as far as, far as they want and drill horizontally. So if oh. they find it a mile underneath your, your ha- house, they can be like ten miles out in the desert and still get under your they earth. Just dig a hole to China, literally? Like yeah, you, say, you can make going. money. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of oil between <laughs> here and China. And uh, uh, any, anyway, uh, so anyway, it can go a mile down, two, ten miles over, whatever. He said, like you, I'm not sure what the water's used for. Oh, because everyone's selling water now. Yeah. Somehow they need water. He doesn't know what the water's used for. But he said, finally, it is true. Stay away from the Buffalo Wild Wings in Carlsbad, New Mexico. It's a dangerous place. Has Gary Sparks been there? Was he knifed there? I think he's been knifed, yes, at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Carlsbad. So stay away from that. We got, we got a correction, another correction you, coming you in. You don't know what the water does in fracking? No, uh, do you? Yeah, it's like you're, it's literally doing the fracking. So the, the whole point of fracking is you're trying to, you have oil or gas down there that is uh, in, inside of a porous rock. Yes. But the problem is it has low permeability, so it can't flow throughout those pores. So you're trying, it's fracturing, literally fracturing the all these little pockets in the rock so that it can actually flow and get to the well. So what you're doing you're pumping down this water at 15,000 PSI, literally enough to cut a car in half. Like you'll cut anything in half. Uh, so it's just, uh, so you're injecting water at high pressure to do, to do this. Uh, then the, the other chemicals are you're putting sand in the suspension as well. Yeah. So the sand is there to prop up the cracks you create. And so, uh, keep, so it can actually create the holes, the openings open. So the ground doesn't just collapse in on, on itself. But then why you have stuff like sulfuric acid and all these other chemicals is because it's kind of difficult to keep the sand so sand in suspension, so it's all about just keeping it in the right balance. That's literally how fracking works. That's why we need producer Matt, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's a totally different pod when we do a solo pod. <laughs> it really is. And the ladies, by the way, ladies, this is why he is the number one bachelor on the Upper West Side. Yes, most eligible bachelor. He can on ma- the that UWS. was some great mansplaining there. That, that was, was fantastic. fantastic. And listen, oh, we also don't know if that's true, yeah, but we believed him. I believe. Him. Was that mansplaining? <laughs> he man said it with authority. authority. Nah, he's PSI, just... all that stuff. Facts. Facts. <laughs> Who needs them? So that's if you want to correct things, guys, you got to use Patreon. We are not accepting corrections from people who are. Or freeloaders. Not for nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You better pay. All right, that's it. Dan's here. Should we bring Dan in? Bring him in. All right, we're back with our guest, Dan Frigolette. Hey. Welcome to the show. But wait, before we... Uh, wait, Matt, well, you had one last thing to say about <laughs> sand. Please. Let's go. So people don't realize we have a major shortage of sand in this world. That's the most. <laughs> Explain that. That's <laughs> peak producer mad talk. So like there, there's only certain types of sand we can use because <laughs> you need, it needs to be the right texture. It needs to be the right shape. So un, underwater sand isn't good because it's just too smooth. Uh, a lot of desert sand is useless. And sand is the most use, the most common construction material in in the world. So, so fracking sand is... It's bad for... I know that it all... They were telling me this. You can tell me if supply. I'm wrong. They said it all comes from... It has to come from, like, the beach in Michigan, specifically. Oh, yeah? Michigan it's, sand? Yeah, and so everyone in Michigan is making money hand over selling fist. Selling dirt? They're selling dirt to New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico's selling water to, like, 
Halliburton and Halliburton slamming the water into the ground and making gajillions. Everybody's making money hand over fist. And the Buffalo Wild Wings is making a lot of money too. And everyone's getting nice investing trickle downing into the Buffalo <laughs> yeah. Wild Wings. And, and the doctors make tons of money when the people come in sick from fracking chemicals. Ah, exactly. That doesn't happen. <laughs> we got a lot of listeners out there. Fracking so safe. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. What I, I couldn't. I came in when you guys were arguing over something with sports. Uh, so I'm he's, a, sports. he's a little league soccer coach. Okay. His team hasn't Assistant won a game coach. in three years. Is that a thing? Little league soccer? Or what well, do you call youth it? Soccer. Youth yeah. soccer. Do you have kids? I have kids. Are uh, they on the team? My son is on the team. Okay, just so want to make sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to clarify that right yeah, out of the gate. Believe me. I'm, I, I talk to the kids as if I don't even, I've never seen a kid before. It's part of the problem with my coaching style. So What does that mean? Like, I don't know how to communicate with these kids. They, I can't get them to listen. I'm giving them drill. Last week, you, we, they sent us a guest coach. He's a guy who's a coach with the New York Football Club, a Scottish guy. Real authority figure. Crushed it, right? And he crushed it. I thought we, That's why I thought we would win this week, too. He was giving them drills and clever stuff to say. And how that, do you talk to kids that is not proper are you talking to kids like they're like they're too dumb or the, can i answer smart? this kaplan yeah, kaplan validates the kids opinions too much okay Ka- this is if you're, you're like uh let's go outside if kids are like no i think it's gonna rain okay well, maybe it's gonna rain it's possible no i'm just saying there's a way to get i, I don't know teachers have it Co- real coaches have it authority, authority. authority. credibility to, like, with strangers strange kids like i can get kids to listen to me but like to get a whole group of individually, we get a whole group of kids to like do a drill it's properly. It's really, it's ah, really okay. she, uh, shepherding. Yeah. It's tough. Stuff. You might, you might not have or? the leadership skills that that that's, that that role uh, requires. No, I, this might be role. it. Well, this is going to be it because if my what we were talking about is my son said that if we don't win a game this year, we have three games left. He's quitting for a year. Oh, to okay. practice. He's, and if he quits, I can't in, coach. He's so. going into retirement. He's going to retirement. He's walking he's, away. But he wins. Like His Barry's, team wins every time Cap doesn't coach. Right. And then when Cap comes back out, what you needed you needed to be like they are who we thought they yeah. were. Hang it up. Do a big speech. Yeah. Well, he's like Andrew Luck. He's going to retire and walk the earth for a year or something and yeah. Your no, son. Yeah, no, yeah, my son. He's uh, going to retire young. Retire at seven. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to know when it's over. You when know? time to fold him. I, I quit uh, baseball I think when I was eight, like 10. Four, yeah. Whatever you, fourth grade is. Yeah. And, and it was fine. My life turned out okay. I think it is about 10. You never know. You could right? have been a big leaguer. Pretty sure I wouldn't have been. I was scared of the ball. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're scared of the ball at 10, it's only going to get worse. Once they started throwing it kind of fast, I was like, Once it starts hurting when you hit the action contact. That's going over their head, and you're like, well, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hardest thing to do is hit a fastball, so. So, Dan, what about, let's get to you. Yeah. It's been a lot about What's us happening? so far. Yeah, where do you, where do you uh, want to start? I want to start with South Africa. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we heard you're the king of South Africa. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, I don't think, yeah, don't, don't, don't advertise that. Don't get upset very, very many uh, South Africans. Kaplan specific, the king's the wrong word. Exactly. <laughs> Kaplan said bigger than Mandela. Bigger than Mandela. I saw that in the Well, discussion. to be fair, I'm still alive. So it go. helps. It helps for, to, uh, to trend. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so, yeah, so what do you want to, what do you want to hear? I don't know. Give, well, what's give so, me so the, how did you start? going to how did you how did, how did comedy initially take you to South Africa as I mean you know as a comedian we just want more opportunities and if we find out that there's like English speaking places you go oh cool I'm already re- I'm ready for that like yeah. I'm, I can already go there and make that work versus like you know I don't want to have to like go to some country and like like you know, like I was going to show in Costa Rica where most people speak Spanish, and they were like, "No, we can do an English show." And I was like, "It's going to be weird, though." So for South Africa, it was on my list always. On some, they actually speak English, uh, so let's do that. Let's start there as a as an international vibe. Um, so I did. It was really um, I got to South Africa not knowing how like 
alive their scene is. Like since I've been there, like six comedians from South Africa have gotten their own Netflix specials. Oh wow! So it's like I got there right at the right time, got in with all the right people, and it was like it was like when things were the hottest. And it's starting to cool down a little bit because some of the clubs have switched hands and some stuff's going on, and the presidency has been like kind of like shady. So there's like a lot going on in media, but it was such a such a great uh, experience. So I went three times in eighteen months. When was that? This was beginning of 17, awesome. beginning of 18. I don't remember now. I think it was beginning of 18. Um, and then again in 18. And then once more, this, I went this year. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And sure. was it that someone here came up to you after your show and was like, I'm a, I have a thing in South Africa. You no. should come do it. No, I literally. So the actual initial uh, catalyst was I had a friend who was going to do a, a program. And she was like, well, I'm going to be in South Africa for this, the, these days to these days. I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then immediately I was like, hey, like, do you think you have a floor that I can sleep oh, on? Oh, cool. So I immediately was like, that, it's like you always just need one more thing. Like I knew that there's comedy in South Africa. I knew that I had a resume that maybe would translate if I started reaching out to people. So I was like, if I, could, if I can get like five shows, I'm good. And I ended up getting um, like 35 shows? Whoa. Yeah. It was in, cool. in one trip? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it I got I got so in tune with the people that are making it that that it was I was like a phone call away from every experience. They were literally like, Hey, have you gone on this television show? And I was like, No, I like I got here like last week. And they're like, Cool, hang on. And they just call the dude and be like, Hey, you're having freaking let on tomorrow. And they're like, I don't, Whoa. like I don't know who that is, but yeah, sure. So I was like on TV in like the first like eight days I was in the country. It was great. Yeah, that's awesome. It was absolutely Wait, 35 shows. Yeah. Well, and then I and then I went back. The next time I went back, I did like 50 shows the next time I went back I did another like 50 60 shows I mean I I also did not know that that was even possible yeah like most of the places I've been um, internationally you can do like three or four shows in a week yeah so South Africa legitimately there is there is an open mic every night and then there's a paid show half of the nights and like Johannesburg or yeah Johannesburg okay. the, is the hub and then there's Cape Town Cape Town's cool there's one big club there and then there's some other like like paid stuff here and there but um and then there's Durban, Durban, which is which is a harder one because it's just it's it's just you, the market shrinks each time, and so Durban has a good scene like once, once a month, and then the rest of the days is kind of like waiting around. They're just trying to figure out how to build this thing. So I grew up with it from a kid from Durban. So nice. I, that's the only reason I was going to say Durban just to show off how much I know about South yeah. Africa. Oh really? Andrew Bayala from Allentown, yeah, PA. Shout out. Nice. Yeah, basically <laughs> it's just three, it's just three cities. Like yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the that's the main crux of, of South Africa, and, and they're far. Okay, and uh, so when you get there, who were the people you got in with that then all of a sudden could get you everything? So the people that I really uh, need to shout out are like um, the Goliaths. These guys, uh, they, they run a club in, in South Africa and, and they run their own, like, they've been running like rooms all over the country for years. And they all, each of them on their own, it's, it's three, it's, it's, it's like four people. It's a, it's a brother and sister and then a cousin and then just a guy who had the same last name. Okay. Which is hilarious. Coincidence. Um, yeah. And so then Goliath is the last name. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and so they're all so they're all this this like this like whatever whatever a good word for a foursome is. Um and they and foursome. they really control they really control the, a little bit of the scene. And so they I got in with them. I got in with uh, Luisa Matinga who got a uh, a Netflix special. I got in with uh with with my friend Gilly Apter who was like a lot of these people that got into comedy in South Africa did a good job of doing production somewhere else either they were in advertising or like this and that so everybody like almost everybody like ended up with a show and those are the people like it's it's like it's like as if 
I'm trying to think of a good example. It's as if like um, everybody's, I don't know, who's a who's like a name that's on a show that's kind of making it here. And it's like everybody's that level. It's hard because our level is crazy. Like our level is like yeah. Jerry Seinfeld, Amy Schumer. And their level is like, you know, you could host like, you know, that guy Adam hosts that show like Adam Ruins Everything. Yeah. So everybody's on like an Adam Ruins Everything level and they're all there. So they're all making a living doing stand up. Or like, living, in comedy. Yeah. And so, well, it, entertainment. It, it's almost like, yeah, it's almost like they were. Yeah. It's it it's better to have the other thing just like here. Yeah. Like, you know, you'll get a couple bucks to do stand-up, but the other thing is the thing. Well, it's yeah, how you actually make a living, yeah. right? Well, and then they have these other guys who are, like, who are like in the vernacular scene because it's, like, it's like nine languages in South Africa. And so these guys that, that are specific to a scene, they got they, maybe they got big on YouTube or whatever, but it's, like, these guys are, um, like, speaking a language of a particular group of people, and they crush, like, out-of-control, like, crazy, like, YouTube fan base type thing. So I've heard about those. This guy we had on Fort Ruben Paul... Uh, Okay. Goes, he's an LA comic, but he goes and does a show. I, th- I think it's called Blacks Only. Okay, that and it's right. he's doing it in English. Yeah, and he said like a couple of the people will do it in English, and everybody does well. And right. you just like destroy. This is in South Africa. In South Africa, yeah. But so then, it's probably Zulu and Espadi is the other language. But then, and I've yeah, been on those like, shows. Then the local guys who do it in that language, yeah. it's a whole another level. Right. Right. And uh, and then they, he's like, well, yeah. It's just like it's just like here. It's just like if you get in, if, and I hate that we call it the urban scene, but if you get in the urban scene, the the crowd reaction is so much crazier. I mean, the the vibe of like what we what we tried to create with this like uh, live at the Apollo thing, where like you start talking, you get booed off, where people go nuts and they're like high fiving each other and, and like jumping through plate glass windows. That's the vibe that you feel when you play those types of scenes. Plate and glass it, windows. We need to go for that vibe. <laughs> yeah. We need to be a podcast. We need to get our podcast to that level. Yeah. <laughs> where people are Listening and just just talking themselves out windows. Yes. That's the goal every week. I don't think as long as they pay five dollars and join our Patreon. Yeah, members. I don't think the medium is is capable of that. I don't think. I really don't. Wow. So you. So what's so cool about South Africa is that um, it, as you say, it's in English because there's not a lot of unta- like England has a scene, the United States, Canada, Australia. They're already pretty well developed. Yeah. Um, well, then you know about the Asian scene, right? And the Asian scene is is good, uh, but it's. Ultimately, you're doing it in a country that speaks a different language. Right. So there's a ceiling to where you can go with... Uh, the only thing that's even similar is the Philippines. Like, right. There's a lot of people who speak English there. But even the, the, the guys who are famous in the Philippines are doing it in Tagalog. Yeah, well, we've skipped over Australia and New Zealand where they speak English. So I, said no, I said Australia. <laughs> you didn't say New Zealand. But. I did not say New <laughs> okay. Zealand. Canada, too. Yeah. <laughs> I did say Canada. Uh, Listen Canada. back to your yeah. own podcast. Uh, hold on. Hold yeah. On. But, uh, uh, yeah. But what I'm saying, so that's cool that it was such an... I guess it's because of history that there wasn't... Well, no, there were comedians pre-apartheid. No, there really weren't because there's no free speech, right? So it's like there were comedians who were doing it literally illegally. Wow. And so so you meet these guys. You meet these guys who are like, uh, you know, 40, 50 years old and they're crushers because they, they, I mean, they, this is what's wrong with comedy is like there will always be a comedian still trying to do comedy when it's illegal. That's how that's how fun comedy is. That's how great comedy is. You're looking at one. Yeah, you're I, doing illegal comedy? I did it for six years. Oh, I didn't know that. Wait, it was illegal in China when it's you were doing still, it? It's illegal to this day. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I've been, like, hitting you up for, like, context. I didn't know it was illegal to go do comedy. 
Well, technically, yeah. But there's I no mean, free speech in, in, in China, right? Not only is there no free speech, if you have a group of over 50 people in a room, you need a permit from the okay. government because it could be considered a rally, which could be cons- turned into a riot right. against the government. I was banned for six months from doing stand-up. No kidding. Personally. Ban- that should be the title of your album. Oh, banned for six that. months. It should yeah. be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like by the cultural police of the city I was living that in. That sounds like a made-up thing. That sounds like what you say when you're a kid and you're like, and you're like walking in your sister and she's doing something dumb. You're like, I'm the cultural police, yeah. okay? Yeah. This needs to stop. It's so insane that they call right themselves now. that. They're the cultural police, and their job oh, is to stamp crazy. out culture. Yeah. And I got, we were, I was doing, it, I started a bar show, and yeah. it got super popular. 200 people were coming every week to right. the show. The bar down the there was street. no market for it. There was nothing else to do. Yeah. There was no market for anything, you right. know, like sport. There was no sports team. There was no, like, anything, yeah. you know? So um, the bar down the street was jealous of the business this bar was making. Sure. So instead of just, like, working Working at a they deal, yeah. they just came snitched. over and said that I was the leader of an anti-communist organization, and that those were our meetings. They're not wrong. Yeah, comedy's anti-communist. I was telling Joe. I was <laughs> you, like, well, yeah. let me ask you directly: Are you pro-communism? He's very. I, right. I don't talk about it. <laughs> There's good people on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can imagine during apartheid you couldn't do. But yeah, you couldn't be do, hard to do because you. Yeah, I mean, right. Well, so that so that's what's interesting, and, and that's what's interesting about going to South Africa is because you bump into two. You bump into two sides of the of the business because you bump into. Uh, uh, and let me just clarify that in South Africa it's black people, colored people, and white people. Right. Those are the three. I'm not being. Uh, I think you I know, say, let me just clarify. I'm, I'm not being apartheid. a tool. Yeah. No, they. <laughs> so the uh, so black people, colored people, like especially, did not have any ability to like be in entertainment and like do you know what they wanted so it's a it's a scene where because comedy is so harmonious right like and there's like there's just something about comedians that like we all get along yeah. and we all get it especially if you're doing well on stage like uh, so I was meeting these people and it was, seemed like a harmonious moment in time and everything is great and then while I was there the H- H&M thing happened with the gorilla with the, the okay so they H&M put out an ad worldwide that had a, a white kid wearing some shirt that was like normal shit and then a, and then a black kid had a shirt that said the coolest monkey in the jungle oh, right. and the place went nuts I remember that and so yeah, everybody yeah. in South Africa like rioted and like ripped up an H&M Jesus. and yeah oh, really? it was crazy yeah yeah like, like, like <laughs> blocks from where I was staying so it was like that weird balance of like look Everything's cool, but like, don't do some dumb shit. Yeah, like, are the wow. crowds? I mean, are the crowds mixed or demographic? Yeah, well, wise, so what happens is, it's just like here, right? It's like a particular bar or a particular neighborhood has has a vibe. So whatever you're playing is a different is a different type of crowd. So like, I played the Zulu crowds and 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 tried to have that experience, and I played a and I played a casino where I was the only, again the only English speaker they were speaking a spadey and then uh, and then I did a club that's like in the, like the ritzy part of town and it's all white people and it's and it's the same everywhere you go it's like white people are the worst audience members because they're just the most like conservative about everything even right. in South well, yeah. well South Africa I would imagine I guess especially there's yeah. more issues at play in like real recent history yeah. yeah well you know what I didn't realize right off the bat and it, it took me almost until the third trip to really process it I talk a lot about relationships and some of it's about sex some of it's just about relationships in general but that that would start to be like a, a touchy moment and I and I didn't figure out till later that like I can swear, right? Yeah. Like yeah. in South Africa, like for the longest time you just couldn't you couldn't fuck who you wanted to fuck because it was like because of apartheid, you couldn't just you couldn't just fuck somebody of a different race. So there is that feeling. I feel it. We start to talk about relationships, they start to like it's like when you mention a president here, they're just like, Well, hold on, is he gonna say Trump directly? Yeah. And they're like, What's it you know, what's he gonna talk about relationships? And so all of the triggers are like so they are firing. Up. Yeah, so all the triggers are firing and you're just talking about marriage. But it's like, I mean, Trevor Noah, you know, he's got the thing about born a crime. Yeah. 
like his parents couldn't actively be together in the lifetime of the comedians that I've met. Like that was a law. So it's like. So that's still touchy to talk about? Yeah, it's because so, it's because everybody still knows somebody who was like breaking the law and it was like and it was rough. Like, yeah, it's so new. Comedy's like 26 years old. Like that's how crazy it is. I know this guy. I'm wondering, there's this guy named Barry Hilton who used to come and tour around Asia. I never saw him, though, yeah. and I've literally never met him. Yeah. But he's like a 60-year-old, pretty rough, like, swashbuckling South African guy. Yeah, and he has that old, like, British I comedy think, vibe. I think I know who this is. Do you know what I'm talking about? The, I think I do. He's a gray-haired, kind of fat. I mean, he looks like a dude who was sitting at a, would be sitting at a yeah. bar in London. I want to Google, like, Google him. I'm trying to video this. Yeah, I'm wondering if what his... Uh, what was allowed? I wonder if like super white guy comedy was allowed. Before. Yeah, you were fine. Maybe that that's, that was the spot. I, he, that was the sweet spot. I get the feeling that might have been what he was doing. And then also because it's the the mixed history of South Africa means like you have both this um, this like British sentimentality of of comedy, but then you also have this other culture that uh, you know like this Danish culture the. Uh, um, why can't I think of it? The Afrikaans culture that yeah. came in. And so that, so it's like they're, they're, they have two completely different. It's like a bunch of clashes all coming together. So they've, so generally they don't, they're not very dirty because it's like that's already. Okay. Like comedians here, that's, the, that's where you start. Because it's like, oh, I got freedom to say whatever I want. Yeah. And, and then you, you get cleaner as you get better. Right. Because you're like, oh, I don't need to say the F word there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so them, they start clean and heady and like, uh, and like very, um, yeah, I don't know. What's the word? Like. Witty, I guess. That's good. Yeah, and it's good. Yeah, and it's like, uh, and then, and then eventually it, it does. Like, it feels like the longer they're in the thing, then they start to feel more comfortable talking about relationships, things like that. But generally speaking, it's pretty clean. Is that just because culturally you just are more pol- like it's more of a polite culture in public? I just no. I think it's because it's so new. It's like you can't. It's like you know when Lenny Bruce came out and was starting to talk about stuff. Like they like put him in jail, right? So like think about when comedy started here. That's true. Like. You're cool until every, until it feels like obscenity, and then it's like, okay, this is not an art form at all. It's just you're just talking about your vagina. And yeah, it's like, why is that good? It and was like that for us. Our scene out in China was really clean. We yeah. didn't realize how clean it was until we would have certain headliners would come over right. from New York, and the audience. It was too much for the audience. They feel it immediately because they just they were just like, oh man, like that's way 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 beyond right. what we've ever seen. Right, and so it wasn't even like you're. It tiptoeing on the line, and that the line is like a, a bullshit term, but you know what I mean. Like they, no, just I think used it's a very it. real term. And so they were just like, "Whoa!" I don't know if they was offended, just like that's not what we were expecting to right. see tonight. So we had to start putting a like a, a sign on the posters that said like, uh, "Not for the easily offended," or, or like somehow this is yeah. a dirty show, R-rated show, whatever yeah, it might yeah, be. Yeah. And then you would get people who wanted to come to that style of show, and they could come. But, I see. Um, we we tended to have to book a little bit on the cleaner side, not 100 percent clean, but yeah, just I would yeah, to I, ease people into what was going sexual on. Sexual stuff, because it's like I would imagine with the racial tensions, I, I could see in a place like South Africa, it's harder to. There's like a line. You stay further away from the line. I would think. Yeah. Well, it's, no, it's, it's not other things as well. well it's like, if we're talking about this imaginary line, you, as a comedian, you feel the line yeah. in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you do the one that leads into the to the because every you know every it's like every joke has its arc. So you do the stuff that leads into it, and if they start to to freeze up, you get out of it. Yeah. You don't go. You don't go right for it. So yeah. I it took me it took me till the third trip to really know specifically what what ones I wanted to do and how far and how I want to amend them. 
That's cool to know that though. Yeah, going back and going back. Yeah, it's you that many clubs, I guess. Yeah, and then finally, like the first time I went, it was like it was like high stakes because it was like, oh, I don't know if any of this is gonna work. And I and I worked really hard, and I almost did better the first round because it was like, um, I was I was assuming everything was gonna maybe go weird, so I was like really like really tight with everything. And second trip, I loosened up a little bit, and then it was almost like. Uh, that was probably where I did the worst because I was like I had a little bit of confidence, so I went like a little further. And then the third trip was like full on actual like I belong here confidence cool. and like. What and was like, it? Oh, what were the jokes. Zulu shows like? I'm interested to hear about that. Zulu show. It's I mean it's exactly like what it sounds. It's like um, what's funny is when you watch comedy in another language, you can feel the beats of the joke and you can feel why it's going good but like I don't, you know i don't speak zulu so it's just it's just so the guy that i saw did an hour and he just did this old man character and he's just like the same thing it's like he's got like viral videos that like went all out of control him and his couple brothers and i don't know the guy's name and he just did this crazy old man zulu character and he murdered like that's like we used to have characters right yeah um, did you perform on that? I was on that show. Yeah, I went like I went. They put me in the worst possible spot. So here, here's what kept happening when they put me on those type of shows. They would have the host go up, do the whole open in another language, and then just give me like this guy's from New York. Oh yeah, yeah. Right on. Like <laughs> no, you- like not even adjust. So like by the time they figured out the pace of English. It's it's just like it's like putting Leanne, Leanne Rhymes in the middle of a Buster Rhymes concert. It's yeah. not that they don't understand or they don't like it. It's they have to now adjust because you just you just threw the car in reverse. So they're just their ears are listening for this language and then you swap to another language like right at the beginning of the show. Nobody's warm anyway and they're not speaking English at the bar cuz they're all hanging out with each other. Um and so yeah, so it was like and The other thing as a comedian, you're a good like a a major advantage of having a host go on before you is that you can see how they are dealing with the room sure. and you can hear what's going right. on. You can read the room. Right. You can even come up armed with like uh, riffs right right off the bat right. that ingratiate you to the audience by what they're saying. And if you don't understand anything that's being said, right. you're just going up 100% blind. Yeah, you're, it's it's cold. The show starts over when you go on and you got yeah. and then those are shorter sets. So it's like you're eight, 10 minutes. So it's like I would be I would have them. At minute eight, and then I and then I'd be then I'd be done. So it's cool to say for the rest of your life, though, that you performed yeah. on a Zulu show. It's, yeah, it's fine, <laughs> and I made and I made some good friends at those shows because it would be you know it's like you know what you know when the when the audience isn't ready for what's happening, but somebody individually is having a good time, but they can't have the type of good time that they feel like they should because it feels like even the room's against them as an audience. Yeah, an audience is an organism. So like the bigger the audience reaction gets, the more you can personally enjoy it so i had people that came up afterwards and like i really like your set whatever whatever and like would like apologize and i was like no i get it like i get why <laughs> yeah, the they worst. didn't understand what was and also a lot of times oh this happened more than once they introduced me as as an afrikaans guy as like a joke uh, uh, ask, and so then it was like five minutes in before they realized i wasn't doing a character like they thought uh, i was doing like some american character and doing that thing where you come I up with it i've had i've had hosts do that to me before like just tell the audience something totally different that they think's hilarious right. but no one gets that they're joking right you've made you've made you're it impossible screwing the guy yeah oh my god how big yeah. is the Afrikaans scene because like that that was the dutch colony you know so everyone yeah. in south africa that i met speaks afrikaans because it's what they taught in schools so it's um 
so it's it's just part of yeah so but like to be an afrikaans guy is to be like is to have like literally like the accent of the oppressor like um, <laughs> it's worse yeah the levels of languages that's worse than it's English. brutal yeah so it's like they introduce me as an afrikaans guy and then they and i and i'm i'm ambiguous as it is so like i can like look at me in any country and they kind of like yeah you, you go ask. he could fit in a lot he, of could, parts. he could be yeah, from yeah. here maybe except maybe asia but like yes, generally like he either. could be from here uh, and I have that vibe. So then, if you so then you, if you like torpedo me and go, this guy's Afrikaans, everybody's confused. And then now they're just looking for me to like come back into my real character. It was awful. So how do they deal with real Afrikaans comedians? Um, no, it's cool. they do great. They literally do because they, they know great. how to like get in and out of yeah, it. Yeah, and nobody's like blaming a a twenty seven year old okay. dude for what happened. For, Afrikaans guilt. Do you know what I mean? Not a thing. <laughs> but, no, but but for sure it's a thing. But it's the same. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's it, it's it's still, it's still called white guilt. Because that, because even the people that are again, it's like that's that's the main language um, that they that they teach in schools. So it's like everybody is everybody sort of has the Afrikaans accent to a level. Yeah. Did you? So. Did you but you brushed. I mean, I bet you. Did you have to? Did you know much about South Africa before you went down there? Like not the Boer not War, a ton, <laughs> not a ton. Um, but you, it's like it's funny how how fast you you pick up on a on a culture. When you uh, so you there. think you're gonna go what's back? You, what's your? I would love to go back. Right now, it's like a little bit. It's a little bit odd, money-wise, there. So, and I feel like I've accomplished what I can accomplish uh, up till this mark. So I'm in this weird holding space in my career where I feel like I've accomplished what I could accomplish on the road without having a name. I've accomplished what I could accomplish at, you know, in South Africa right now. I'll always be welcome back. It's just a matter of how do I then extend, extend to the next level. It's like... You said it cha- what changed about it in the last couple of years? It's just... Because of government corruption and and a bunch of other things, like money is tight across like even television. So it's like television shows aren't being made, like television shows are being dropped, like things that that would extend my career are no longer available. Uh, they like doubled the number of clubs and then it and then it halved right after that. So like the yeah. people that owned them decided that they could do better monetarily if they just own one club in a, in a cheaper side of town. So it's there. Um, so the next level for me is really to figure out how to get like corporates over there. And being an outsider, it's 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 relatively impossible to like get known as a guy. Uh, but when I'm over there, I really like I trend on a on a on a level that I don't trend in the U.S. That's and when great. I post my South African like uh, adjacent stuff, even here, when I see something's trending over there, I'll I'll jump in the 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 pile, like I'll and I'll uh, <laughs> and I'll get involved, and then that stuff does really well on uh, on the internet. But what's fun about South Africa is like it actually, I have no fame whatsoever. But over there, because you do three things, they feel like you're important. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. a nice fun thing. To yeah, fish. Opposite of New York City. Yeah, you can have all, you can have all the things, yeah, and then not, no nobody cares. cares. What I realized recently, finally, was so I so I go over there and I get shoved into the veteran pile because I've been doing comedy twelve years, and they've most those, those people have been doing comedy seven eight years. So like yeah. my and my twelve year shows on stage here. All the people that were up at the main comedy clubs, the big comedy clubs, the big name comedy clubs, that when I got here 12 years ago, are still going on those clubs. So now they're still 12 years ahead of me. Yeah, there's no spots opening up because, right. like, fill in the blank name that we all know <laughs> right. is still at the still comedy cellar. He's still crushing. He's been there for 35 and, years. And now he's got 30 years' experience. <laughs> yeah. it's like, how does a guy with 12 years ex- like, like, compete with that guy? It's, it's hard. I remember like, 10 years ago, it was like all of the most successful comedians in America were 40. And now right. it's all the exact same people, but they're fifty. Right, right, right. It's like literally go down the list. It's all the same names. Yeah, it's yeah, it's incredible. No one's giving Start it up. Killing people off. Get out so of the <laughs> way. Well, we tried. They tried to meet too. Everybody. Yeah. I only worked with a couple people. <laughs> <laughs> we need more names. We need more people. I was gonna say, do you, I don't know your background. Did you go? Have you done the overseas thing? 
Oh no, I'm the I'm the uh, what do you what's the opposite of the overseas thing? Underseas. Domestic. Domestic thing. <laughs> Domestic. <laughs> I traveled a little bit. Underseas. I, I know a little bit about South Africa only because I had a friend growing up, and then I, my girlfriend in college was South African. No shit. So I'd see her family, and then actually a friend. Oh, I remember her. Yeah, Nicole. Shout <laughs> yeah. out. So shout I'll see if out. she still has any family in South Africa next time you're there. And, uh, and then, yeah, my uh, I, as a Jew, you just meet South Africans. My cousin's marrying a South African soon. So Is that right? We're a lot of South African Jews. I was going to so say. I wonder if there's a lot of South African Jewish comedians. Though. I know my friend married into a family, or his sister married into a family who owns the Atlantis Casino in the Bahamas. Right. Oh, and they also own, they're from South Africa. Wait, who is this? I've gotten to know my friend's sister married into this oh, family. That's great. I've gotten to know, and they also own casinos in South Africa. That's great. Yeah. The, I don't know which one. If there's other Atlantises in South Africa, no. or maybe they go by a different names. Well, I mean, so many people have left South Africa that. You know, they go all over, but then oh, they're in the Bahamas. Now. In the Bahamas, yeah. So do they go to? Yeah, is that a thing? The Bahamas. Uh, well, well, that's because it's they a rough the time Atlantis. right now to talk about the Bahamas, isn't it? Isn't it just on the heels of? I have no idea. Is it okay down there? Um, so What's, I don't know. I think I think casinos are. Um, yeah, I think the idea is to like match whatever the the vibe of the town is. I think casino guys understand. That. So that's why Atlantis is Bahamas because like this like who knows what's under the water down here. We're an yeah, island. It could be yeah, like yeah. so then there it's like a lot of like gold reef and like and then there's another big company that has a bunch of casinos called Monte Casino and then um so there's a bunch of those. So it's like cuz because because South Africa's gold because South Africa is is diamonds like they just they lean into that stuff. Oh wow. Right? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of diamonds down there. Lot, I've, I've uh, seen the movies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're so mad at Leonardo DiCaprio. That's the big thing. In, yeah, that's the big thing in South Africa is that nobody's done a good, an actual true accent. Although they said Tim oh. Robbins. There's a movie where Tim Robbins is South African. It's a really hard accent. Uh, my, so my girlfriend actually And they hated did... Black Panther because of it. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. They started liking it, but they're using a real language, but then they're making it uh, shenanigans while they're doing it. Wow. No, yeah. You have to hear it to know, the, like, if you've heard South African accent, you know the difference between that and any other accent, and it's it's Well, because all of our minds Her either family. go to British or Australian yeah. or New Zealand, but, and then it's a weird but there's so many, because of all of the things, it's there's the, so many South African accents. So there's, like, the, right, there's, like, the there's British like colored one. people from, right. from Cape Town. There's oh, Afrikaans yeah. people that are, like, white and privileged that you can just, it just, it just feels, it just feels wrong. And then there, and then there's, uh, and then there's, like, black people that speak Zulu and black people that speak Spady and, and all of these things and, and all the accents kind of mix up. Yeah. Spady, I never heard. Uh, Zulu, it's, it's, Zulu I think it's, one out. I think it's is Spady. Is Spady? I think it. The one thing we don't think about, which you mentioned, uh, especially in the United States, is how government affects comedy. Like you were saying that because of things that are happening with the government, stand-up scene is not what it was. Because TV, the same things, like in Asia, certain Asian countries, I mean, they in Malaysia, they banned excessive laughter a couple years ago. (laughs) So you can only be a comedian if you kind of suck. Okay. Like, if you're too good. Why did they blame that? Just, I don't know. I was there tri- a few years ago when it happened. It yeah, was they like want to hurt the feelings. You can just step of their... on your punchlines. It's yeah. fine. You can do the same jokes. Just step like on your punchlines. Laughter is fine, but not too much because it's, like, bad for the mind. I don't know. It was some, based really? off some, like, something religious. I have no idea. Oh, wow. China, it's completely done. Stand-up is over. I was debating. Uh, laughter's fine. So I was debating. Uh, my podcast is I interview porn stars. So I was debating with yes. a porn star whether or not laughter is good for the bedroom and whether or not, like, sex should be or could be funny. What'd they say? We didn't really she was pretending as if as if you should be able to laugh while you're having sex but then when, then when I finally when I kept challenging her down the line we never really found a spot where that's like like I'll use and you guys will probably use like comedy to like to bed a girl but, the, but once you're in bed 
Like, right, you don't yeah, wanna, you, you, don't, gotta, you don't waste your best lines now. They're not. Right. <laughs> You've already got the accomplishment. It's another, we're in another, we're in another bad yeah, material. You need to, it's a different uh, tone. Transition. And if you're if a right. porn writer, you don't want to use. You, if you right. could write funny dialogue, in, you're not going to put it in bed. I mean, you're going to be writing regular movies. <laughs> right. so. Yeah, I don't. And then they tried the um, the the. Um, why can't I think of their names? This is it. The Stones. The the South Park guys tried to Trey, do a, a yeah. funny uh, uh, porn. They oh, did? did they? Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yeah, sure it was um, back in like. Late, mid, late nineties. Uh, it was called Orgasmo. Oh, oh right. yeah. yeah, that was and like it, a movie about. It was like a comedy about guys trying to do porn or something. Yeah, like that, I don't right? know. Yeah, I was. It was not that it was unwatchable, but because of the things they were trying to do, <laughs> it wasn't the best. I was, it a, yeah, best. I was a kid done. trying to trying to spank it, and it wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't. No, perfect. that wouldn't have been the it one. It wasn't no, perfect. No, not for spanking. Yeah. Dan, we're gonna get to the news before we do that. Um, you just mentioned your podcast, but say it again. And then what else do you have to promote? Porn stars or people podcast. Check that out. It's on all the things. Uh, Comedy's best kept secret tour uh, is out there. We travel the country, travel the world, actually. And uh, I don't know what else. What about the? Are you, are you still involved with the festival? Hoboken Comedy Festival just passed, so that's over. There's a Make Me Laugh Comedy Festival coming to Albany and a bunch of other cities in 2020. Um, but Did yeah. you go to Syracuse? I went to Syracuse University. Oh, hey, so nice. so yeah. Boom. What year? Yeah. 2000. <laughs> nice. You're, you're old. Yeah, you're I am old. Yeah, you're Thanks. Old, old cat. Yeah. Significant. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. What year were you? Just um, yeah, it was 2005. Oh, all right. Yeah. There you go. There Did, we go. Did you know Jeff Kaplan? My brother? No. No. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Party cap. Party cap. Did, did you guys start the SAT program? Are you guys? Is it, are you guys the Fortune family? <laughs> <Yes>. Unfortunately not. <laughs> I did have, my grandfather's name was Stanley Kaplan, but a different Stanley Kaplan. Uh, so that's why I'm working it for the Patreon money. There, <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't be blasting our Patreon if <laughs> oh, they. Funny, they yeah. <laughs> Do I get to stay, or you want me to leave? You yeah, stay. We, okay. we got news stories for you. Play the music. comes to us from the Shanghaiest. We still do some China news. Sure. Here from we should have done the Syracuse Post Standard if I knew we had the connection. Yeah. I know. Next, I just, next time you're I on. Know, but, Daily Orange, maybe. Daily Orange, yes. Daily Orange. Next time you're on. Domino's Taiwan is now selling bubble tea pizza. Okay. The dessert pizza comes topped with mochi balls and brown sugar tapioca pearls, along with a generous slathering of honey. It will be available until November 24th, so go there now. Go to Taiwan now. Uh, it, go costs, to Taiwan. it costs 199 NT. I actually don't know what their money is, which is $6.50 for regular pizza. What do you guys think? I Bubble mean, tea pizza. I'm for it. I'm for it because it's Domino's. And Domino's pizza's crap anyway, so I, don't, I, I hate ruining good pizza with anything. But like, if point. you're tired with crap, it's not even pizza. Yeah, I'm for it. I don't even know what bubble tea. I still don't know what bubble tea is. All these years doing this podcast. So. Yeah. Oh, bubble tea is uh, it's milk. It's like tea with milk and sugar, kind of like shaken up, and it's hot. Hot tea with milk and sugar, and so it's sweet tea. Oh, it's supposed to be hot. Yeah, it's hot tea with milk and sugar, and they put tapioca, tapioca balls, balls in it. I've only ever had a cold. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's supposed I to. I thought be tapioca hot. balls would. Um, like disintegrate. Well, they, that's what kind of makes it taste good. They get like gelatinous know. a little bit in the bottom. No shit. Yeah. I've only ever. Otherwise, had a cold. it'd be hard, which yeah. is not. You can't chew. It. It's supposed to be like yeah. I and don't then know. they shoot up the straw. It's they like, give you like a real fat straw, and they shoot up the straw. Yeah, and it makes yeah. you feel a little bad about your masculinity. Yeah. Well, yeah. not me, but yeah. Odd. Odd. <laughs> and and it, tadpole, no, it's like supposed to be like a soft gummy bear. Yeah. It's texture. Fun. 
It is. It's fun. like eating te- tapples. Exactly. I, I would mean, say for the Domino's thing, yeah, I think we've stretched the line on what pizza is anyway. And Italians would say that whatever pizza is over here is not pizza anyway. So it really doesn't matter. Also, but it's like as long, yeah, it's like a fast food place. Call it whatever you want. Call it a Mexican pizza. Call it a, a dessert like pizza. Like it doesn't matter. We know it's not a real thing. Yeah. And At they've least, already Domino's here. What do we have? We have like the. Um, well, they have that. Is it Domino's or pizza where they put the cheese in the crust kind of thing? Yeah, but that's like, great. But it's the, great, but it's just that's that's American. That's making it even more unhealthy sure. and more ridiculous. So this is... But you Domino's know, here has those... The they culture. have like a churro type of thing, right? They, they right. take pizza dough, they wrap it in... Um, it's like a cinnamon it's, stick thing. Yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. And, with like, and with like the jizzy like Cinnabon type. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know so, what you're talking about. That's yeah. the sauce. So we're, we're so close to that. I mean, I'm a little Caesars guy personally because that's what I was delivered for in high school. Is that oh, right? I deliver. Can I ask you a real question? What is the cheese they put on Little Caesars pizza? Because it's not a texture that makes any sense on earth. I mean, the company secrets, I think like I signed the NDA when I went out of there. I think it's, yeah, it's like... You it signed an NDA. Is that right? It doesn't melt all the... You it and Stormy Daniels properly. have all the secrets of the world? Oh, yeah. We can... It was a Stormy bit on your pod? No. Oh, we got to get... That's no, the, that's I'm the not, premier part start again. But yeah, yeah. The, I don't know what it is. I know it, I know that whenever I made a pizza for myself, yeah. I would slabber the like crazy bread texture right. jizz, fuck speaking of jizz, onto the crust to make it better because that pizza's terrible. So, Any pizza for a dollar, I don't understand. They well, that's not sell- real cheese. That's the thing. Those well, dollar slice places are not using. No, real no, no. Cheese, I'm right? saying that, right? that that Little Caesars, you could get an entire pizza for a dollar. Oh, I, we didn't have expensive when I was in high school. Oh, really? Commercials on TV, pizza for a buck, and we, it was like a chicken, like back, back. Yeah, we would have like I remember it was like four ninety nine for a large, and like two mediums for seven ninety nine. All these crazy deals, and it's chaos. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's I, I, I was a delivery guy though, so I only made the pizza sometimes. So, I, and I could That's never get the sauce. You know, you got to turn the turn the sauce properly and smooth <laughs> it out. I couldn't do that, so I was really useless. Not great coordination. Makes perfect. Yeah. Story number two. Number two comes to us from CNN. Uh, oh, according to a, uh, we had Halloween last. Uh, yeah. Now it's two it's, weeks it's, ago. It's Halloween still. It's, it's still, Halloween. They're still season. this weekend. They were still doing. My sister yeah. was at a costume party. They're still doing Halloween. They're I know this after. comes out a week from now. But yeah, yes, I, I agree. Yeah, Halloween lasted for two weekends this they year. They couldn't decide which Saturday to do it. Notice that people um, were dressed up on Saturday night. Yeah, maybe. But were they before, the week before? They too? were yes. definitely the week before. Oh, yeah. I wasn't yeah. around that week. Yeah. Well, because I think what happens is we think. For Halloween specifically, if it, if it pops on a Thursday, we're like, well, it's over. You, like, doing it after Halloween is lame, but doing it before Halloween is kind of cool. It's fine, right? Yeah. But I was so, at the Lantern on Saturday night. There was a lot of people in Halloween costumes yeah. three days after Halloween. Yeah, yeah. I think it's that's a Saturday too. night, but yeah. Yeah. According to Ch- the city of Chesapeake, Virginia, uh, Code of Ordinances. Anyone over the age of 14 who engages in trick-or-treating is guilty of a Class 4 misdemeanor, punishable by a fine of up to $250. I support that. I su- yeah, definitely support this. Um, anyone who, or anyone who trick-or-treats after 8 p.m. is also guilty of the same charge. Okay. That one's a little dicier. So here's, I was handing With out... 14? Yeah, over the age of 14. I was handing out candy this year for the first, I, the first time in my life where I've been handing out candy in a popular area where a bunch of people were getting candy. Yeah. And... It was like it, you were in your neighborhood. You weren't just standing on the corner. He was in a church. Standing in, trying I, to get Jews to celebrate Christmas. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it last week. You're your house? I was no? in Brooklyn Heights. No, at the church I go to, oh. they had a, uh, they just had a ton of candy. And we're like, yeah, stand, like volunteers. Volunteer. Like, yeah, uh, okay. like, uh, Did but you dress up? It's in a, no, I didn't dress up. That's, but it was in a residential neighborhood. It's in Brooklyn Heights. Yeah. So it's like, t- you had millions of kids coming by. Millions. Millions. I was shocked at the amount of adults. I'm not saying 15. I'm like 50. Like, no. just straight. Straight up adults, no kids, no, kids, no costume, uh, and not homeless people. I'm not saying homeless people. Some, not necessarily. Interesting. Just literally, and this is what they would do. They come by and they go, yo, man, is it cool if I get one? 
and just kind of put their hand in and take candy yeah. as they kept walking. You, if you have to ask, like, you kind of know. It was like, yo, this literally is cool. stealing candy from oh, babies. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is. The, they were like, yo, this one. is cool, right? This cool. They weren't no, no, like trick. At least I want them the shame of having to say trick or treat. Yeah. Be yeah. confident about it. Yeah. yeah. Like when I was in no my costume, kids, you're saying no costume. Oh yeah. I literally no. just walking by and be like, uh, seeing me, seeing yeah. us, and we were at you a table, like a card table with a with a big bowl of candy, and going, yo, it's cool. Get one right, and we're like, ah, uh, I don't. Uh, I mean, when I was close to fourteen, I would do that thing that was in the Curb episode, I think years ago, where you kind of like take a tennis racket or something, and you half-ass costume just to get some candy from people. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's we, at least a little better than what you're describing. It's, both, way, it's both way should better. be against the law. He's in no pillowcases, nothing, just walking out and putting in their pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah just literally in the oh. pocket, like almost straight to the mouth. Would you feel better as a member like, of the church if they came up and they were like, "Amen," and then they like they like put their hands out? So like, some people <laughs> did do that. Oh. Some people did do that. See, One kid comes up and he's like, "Amen, he's, cross yourself." This and then get a piece of candy. Probably I'm like, for that. It, it was this kid's like five, yeah. and he comes up. He's full costume, and he's like trick or treat. And we're like, yeah, grab some candy. He's like, okay, cool. And he runs away, and his dad goes, no, tell him what I told you to say. And he runs back, and he goes, God bless you. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. And then one girl, and also with you. And, and then this this ten year old girl. We talked about this last week, but she comes up, and she was like. What? A church giving out candy? That's like sacrilege. And I think that she was from some, you know, there's some of those churches that they think it's like voodoo. Right. Yeah. To it give out a, candy or Halloween? Halloween in general yeah. is somehow like Antichrist. Right. And we're like, I don't know, maybe she's like her family's one of those. Like it, yeah. it was I all mean, over the board, the reaction. I, mean, I was trick-or-treating and I was out. You know, you get you talk about this thing where it's like 8 p.m. and you get close to the, the deadline. But yeah. you don't know how. I, I don't know if that's how. I get you don't want to bother people. But I noticed that the people, they do this thing where they just kind of like, they like turn off all the lights in their house, but I can right. see people inside. No, that's like, well, and I want to ring the doorbell on those people. They live there. What do you mean? <laughs> you and your kids, yeah. they, it, it's a cutoff. But it was not o'clock. It was seven forty-five. Eighty-two. Eighty-two. So we're, we're, all the, we're all in the same. We're in the same vibe, yeah. right? So that was yeah. It was a, it was not even an unwritten rule. It was a written rule. Eight like, o'clock. It's done at eight. It was eight, eight or nine, right? And it was yeah. done. And you flick your lights off, and, that was and it. you're done. I'm saying it was like seven fifty-ish, and people were flicking the lights off. I know. Like you got the right aid does that now. Like they'll close the doors at like nine fifty. And I'm like, yo, I got to get my like prescription. And they're like, ah, sorry, like, there's nobody break. here for the last eight and minutes. The other thing was, I think when you go to high school, as a freshman in high school, it, it would be embarrassing for people to, like, I didn't trick or treat. No I, no, I trick or treated all the way up to senior year. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd have a crew. I, think I did too. So we would do, yeah. So we would, and so I would just wear a mask. I would wear a mask. You don't know what, because I'm the same height, probably from like ninth grade <laughs> yes. to 12th grade. Just wear a mask, do the thing, and just hold it out. And then our big thing was that because to, to feel like adults, we would also like, we would plan, we lived in the like the dumb suburbs so we would like plan fights so we would like trick or treat for a little bit and then we'd go meet in the back of the neighborhood where there's no houses and we would like have a fist fight and then we'd just put our masks back on and then go back and trick or treat with the whole crew that was fighting yeah. you're was not weird. supposed to be driving to the next house yeah, yeah right everybody yeah, right. gets out of the pickup yeah, yeah. we walked we walked. No, I would do that I also we'd have we'd have trick or treating on Halloween and then in my neighborhood it was trick or treating was on the Friday after Halloween no matter and what and my buddies was in on Halloween so I got so oh, I go great. oh that's pretty it's good like the yeah I'd get double double it up and I yeah I did it I think through senior year just yeah. for, take a tennis yeah. Yeah. Or baseball. We're, we're a football no, the kid, jersey. I love Halloween. This one kid who was amazing. Uh, I can't. I might have talked about this last week, but he uh, he was like had no. All of his, he was probably ten. All of his friends had costumes. Yeah. He, six of them. He had no costume. And you, you think it's because of him? Or you think his parents are terrible? 
I think it's because of him, because he was also pretty funny. He comes up, and he's like, I was like, all right, guys, you can all take two pieces of candy. And he goes, two? Whoa, that's more than anyone's given me all night. Right. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's because you don't have a costume on. Yeah. He goes, yes, I do. Oh. I'm like, what's your costume? He goes, I'm a tourist. Oh, I'm like, fine. all right, you can have three. That's, that's pretty that kid, good. That kid's going to do stand-up in like four years. He was great. He was like a real smart-ass. Yeah, he's got, he's got all the bad experiences that make him have to be funny. So that he can get candy. He's All right, last story of the week. New York Post. A Columbia University professor accidentally poisoned herself with an ancient homemade flu remedy, forcing her to cancel class. This is her quote. She goes, I'm a great believer in natural this and that, and take sips of elderberry instead of flu shots. It turns out they have cyanide, said Professor Carol Rovain. Mm-hmm. So she poisoned herself with cyanide by taking a homemade uh, She's flu. alive. She's a hero of the week. I She's think. alive. What's the threshold of poisoning yourself? Yeah, what happened? Having to cancel class. I, yeah. I, yeah, you're right. That's a is low it, threshold. Is diarrhea the threshold? I think poison is like, I mean, <laughs> As a student, I would I like... I poisoned yourself. Yeah. yeah. The, this is the debate I had the other day, too. Is like, if you electrocute yourself, I think you have to die. Otherwise, you're not yeah. electrocuting. You just if, shock yeah, yourself. If you're not electrocuted unless you die. So right. yeah. she poison poison part, yeah. she just yeah, gave herself a stomach ache or something. But like, yeah. if she, I was a kid and I you, you have these wacky teachers and you can't, you never can, you can't be disrespectful, you can't make fun of them. You know, but then you get this this great moment where this crazy anti-vaccine teacher, I guess, probably <laughs> gives herself a homemade f- flu. But back. she teaches at Columbia University. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a there's a fun point in all of our lives as children when we realize that adults can be wrong. And, yeah, and and it happens different for all of us. But I remember what happened for me, and it blew my mind because like something it was something so clear. My uncle like thought that like this constellation was the was like the little dipper, and I was like. <laughs> Oh, that's definitely not the little dipper. Yeah, and then, and then him and his son, my cousin, they just started making fun of me, like aggressively, like, of course it's a little dipper. And like, they were bringing it on me. And the whole time I'm like a little bit frustrated, but I'm also like, Oh, I'm never going to trust anything. This guy says, ever you just again. knew they were wrong. Yeah. I knew they were wrong. I know what the little dipper is. And, uh, and it wasn't it. And they were just ragging on me. They need uh, producer I, Matt in their life. I liked that this person, uh, after she used another homeopathic remedy to, re- to, to cure herself, to, to cure the cure. She, yeah. She used clay, um, bentonite clay, a and, mineral. And the other thing I want to bring up, so like laxative basically. She, she got it done. She did this like she cyanided herself for a flu in lieu of a flu shot. Yeah, which is this is also a mind blowing thing for me. Coming Just get back, the flu. The flu shots. Well, get yeah. the flu. If you're that, well, that'd, be, flu that'd be better than cyanide. Yeah. But also, the flu fr- shots free in America. Yeah, if you have any sort of like, I mean, everywhere I see, it's like free flu shots. Yeah. Come get a free flu I've shot. I've never read the stipulations though. No, it's free. Do you get a flu shot. No. I don't get a flu shot. Do you get I, a flu I, shot? I don't well, take cyanide. I had a heart attack this year, so they keep telling you me really? you have to have a flu shot. You have to flu yeah. shot. I, tell you, I hadn't done one in a while. But oh, my God. Yeah. I'm Wait, so you had, you had to get a flu shot because I mean, heart they were attack? like, you don't want to eat the flu. So, yeah. So oh, I, I, I got a flu wow. shot. So, I go to the doctor a lot. It's hard to avoid the flu. Well, you go, every doctor has the flu shot in their concoction somewhere. So. Right. It's so, really, it's the only thing, it's the only thing that Bernie Sanders, I don't know if he made it free or what happened, but. He didn't make it free. If he wants to make all healthcare free, just be like more flu shot. Yeah, but. The, yeah, but then you'll you should make I don't more know the de- he can out the details. remedies. <laughs> what, happens, what actually happens if you if you take cyanide? That's I mean according to Shakespeare Matt. it's not good, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Preser Matt, he's not listening. <laughs> I feel like he's googling it. <laughs> he's over there he's, trying to find a date for tonight after his uh, <laughs> successful mansplaining yeah, to us yeah, earlier. He's got to be ready for next week when this episode drops. Preston yeah, the lady. He's yeah. gonna put that clip up with the closed captioning and everything. He's really checked out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm researching cyanide. <laughs> I told you he was. I can feel when somebody's yeah. Googling something. Googling. I used to have a roommate who didn't trust anything I said because I would say something and they'd be like, oh, let me see what 
what Google says. Yeah. Like you can tell how much people think that you're. Uh, that was dumb the worst. How much they Google when what you're Google saying. came out. That was the worst for liars. Like right? it killed most of my conversations. <laughs> right. That's funny. Yeah, it made it a lot harder to get laid. Yeah, you can't way just make up a whole harder. story by yourself. But no mask guy, nothing. Still no answer. <laughs> All right, we might have to save <laughs> it for next week. I do, yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's the podcast. Yeah. Dan Frigolette, thank you for doing the show. Thank you for having me. Cap. Oh, I'm tomorrow night. Come see me at the Throckmorton Theater in Mill Valley, California. Cap, what should we do? Um, you know, I'm going to say a public service mail. Everyone, check your public, check your frequent flyer miles. Don't be like Turner. And now I'm going to get lost. All right, get lost. Yeah, yeah, I got. Uh, yeah, time. Oh, is it done? We're done. Well, no, I what? We're going to wait for the other one. Keep going, keep going. I'll stalling. It's got nothing. I was stalling for cyanide answers. <laughs> I'm reading through a Wikipedia page. There's lots of vomiting and like there's different levels of exposure. It's like, yeah. It's different levels of exposure. It, it, hear that? It's not an easy answer. All right. Not an easy answer. That's it. Not an easy answer. Great ending to this episode. Check out the Porn Social People podcast. Get lost. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.